talk to. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. We are your hosts. I am Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. I knew last week I listened to the episode, at least the first part, and I said host. We are your host, is what I said. And so uh-huh. I was like, we are your hosts this time. I made sure to really get the S in there because, uh, yeah, my first time doing it and I, and I fuck it up. So. The the royal we, the royal I. Yeah. The ho- we are your host. We are your yeah, host. I mean... I didn't even notice it. If I'm I know that I did. So uh, I didn't want, you know what I mean? Like, I, whatever, man. I just didn't. I wanted people to know, like, if they noticed, so did I. And I, I fixed it retroactively. Yeah. Just now. Uh, yeah. Well, and now we have video for episode two. Now we have video. I uh, hope. Yes. So, uh, uh, so well, anyway, here's, um, our, our uh, new... anyway, here's France. And, and here's, uh, oh, we're, oh, we're doing the so bit. here's France. And you can see how close it is. To Spain, and so I guess that's why people speak Spanish in Irreversible. Okay, get it away. Yeah, um, and then you know, also our new Beetlejuice. Yeah, uh, Darth Maul has been replaced yes. mainly because I couldn't get him back up on the wall. So, <laughs> but hey, I prefer this way more. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that movie. We're not gonna say it more than once. I think that that's playing a dangerous game. So yes. Uh, uh, so. so I should mention, um, as I said last week, how. I'm going to kind of stretch that whole strange concept very thin. Not this time. Uh, not, not with this one, but uh, I was like, that means I get to pick some Tim Burton movies. Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, uh, like the aforementioned uh, other movie. Uh, yes, the movie that... Um, We're not going to say two more times. It is, is above my head. Um, yeah. And that's one of the many different spellings of that name. One of my favorite... We'll get started in a second. Yes. One of my favorite jokes in Ted 2. Shout out to the movie Ted 2. Anyway. Uh, I never saw it. Oh, my God. He says it in the courtroom because he needs help. And he and he starts saying the word. <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg stops and goes, hey, man, what are you doing? Cut the shit. You know what I mean? He's like, you want that? You want that mojo on us, man? You want your mind? It made me laugh so hard because they think it's real. And so now I pretend it's real. I mean, it is real. Yeah, so. take it seriously. Do you want Michael Keaton to burst in through your door? Not like that. <laughs> Not like that. I don't trust like that. No, maybe the multiplicity him. Especially with one of them that's like uh, like Dum Dum Rick. The only th- that's funny, Doofus Rick. The yeah. only thing worse than that character, if as Michael Keaton busts in your house, is Jack Frost. If Jack Frost like <laughs> busts in your house, like you, you got you got problems. You uh, and that's a good segue. Like he's gonna murder you. And that's a good segue from uh, a fever dream of a movie where a dad comes back as a snowman. It's the stupidest thing. The, the neglectful, well, about to be successful musician father who's like, what am I doing? I need to go back to my family. Yeah. In a fucking snowstorm and then dies. And like, then dies. And then comes back as a snowman. Oh, my God. First off. Pause us, go watch the movie. It's insane. Uh, I think you can find it on HBO or yeah, something. It's, it's, I it's places. It's places. You now, be sure it. you find the Michael Keaton one, because there is another oh, Jack Frost. Is a, a, a horror. Yeah, a horror movie. <laughs> well, if, to be honest, both are horror movies. But <laughs> Oh, uh, and especially the Michael Keaton one, because it, it is... Because I believe uh, the snowman... We'll get to house. Hang on. I believe the snowman face model was based on the original mm-hmm. person they had for the role, which was uh, George Clooney. Yeah. So it looks it like It kind of has a George Clooney face, yeah. Because George, thankfully, George was like, I'm George Clooney. I'm George Clooney. I'm not going to come back as a fucking snowman. Yeah, I'm George Clooney. Uh, I mean, not to say that Michael Keaton is a lesser actor, but Michael, why did you agree to do Jack Frost? But it's okay. Anyway, today's episode is House. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, as I mentioned last week, this movie is uh, Japanese, so great way to start off a uh, season with two foreign language Yes, films. I thought about that. So my next pick will not be a foreign okay. because I thought about doing it again. And I was like, let's uh, let's back off. Let's, yeah. let's give people's eyes a rest and let's, uh, you know, not have them read so much. Uh, but House. So I don't – if you can't tell – at home I did not take any notes this time because why bother and like how right yeah I'm sure I could have like got myself together and like wrote stuff down but I was like I just can't you know what I mean I 
it's too much. Yeah, even watching the the documentary that's on the Criterion Collection about it, it's it's more just like factoids about certain ideas in yeah. the movie. It explains nothing well, I of mean, what the movie actually is. Though. You can't, right? Yeah. So, um, Rain, this is your pick. Let's. I'll leave. I'll leave this to you. Okay. Where do we start? Where do we start? I guess we'll just start with the story. Okay. Very basic story. Um, story of a girl and her six friends all on summer vacation going to her distant aunt's uh, house in the country. Yeah. And one by one, they are all eaten by the house. Yeah. In uh, one form or another. Yes. Uh, and, and that's not like a... A euphemism for anything they are literally eaten by the house uh and that's that's the best jumping off point i would say we should start at yeah the the main character her name is gorgeous yes they all have nicknames yes gorgeous is our our main girl then we have prof mac is the smart one mac who likes to eat who's i mean she's not they keep calling her fat but she, she's not she fat. Really I mean, not, she's not no. at all. She's like the same size. I think her her face is a little more plump than everyone else's. Yeah. But that's about it. There's uh, Fantasy, who is more of like a daydreamer. Melody, Melody, who, uh, the musician. Uh, Kung Fu, Kung Fu, who, who is my favorite. She knows Kung Fu. She knows Kung Fu. And then there's uh, Sweets, who is Sweets. Okay, Sweets may I take it back. Sweets may be my favorite because she is the the Scooby Doo. Of everyone because she keeps, we'll get there, but she keeps like going, <laughs> Mac. Sh- I thought that was fantasy. No, I'm pretty sure that was sweet. I thought. No, I think that's fantasy. Because sweets fantasy? gets eaten by the mattress. This is. Oh, is that sweet? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, fantasy technically is our final girl, but they all die. Yeah, sweets. <sighs> yeah, okay. So fantasy is yes. the one. Yes, she gets, sweets gets eaten by the mattresses and then shows up in the grandfather clock. Okay, so fantasy's the one. <laughs> oh my okay. god. That's an insane sentence you just said. I know, said. and everyone's, everyone either watching or listening is like, what the fuck? Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie. Um, you're right, so fantasy's the one that's like, and they're like, what? She's basically like, raggy. You know, she's basically Scooby Doo. And I love that no one believes her, and anytime something happens, she's the only person that sees it. You know, right? Love it, love it. That's hilarious. Um, okay, <laughs> okay. So a thing to know about this movie to go in that may make it seem a little more sense in terms of style uh-huh. is the director did commercials. Yes, that was his main job. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that was something really interesting to learn from the documentary. Um, I cannot pronounce our director's name, so I'll just put it on the screen. Unfortunately, here. I can't either. Um, you can. I'm not even going to try because I feel like I wouldn't do a good enough job. Yes, and it would almost seem like I'm making fun of it, trying. And yes. So, I don't do so that, we're but. just going to put it right here on the screen, and now it's gone. Uh, which also I learned. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, he passed away last year. Oh, did he? Yeah, because like I was like, huh, I wonder why. The documentaries from 2010. I guess he must have recently passed away, and I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh no, he like literally he just passed away. just passed away." So R.I.P. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was really interesting. That because as he was saying in Japan during the 60s, film was down, TV was up, which is so strange. Um, to which, think, you know, what yeah, I mean? especially I would say that's the kind of the thing now is film. Yeah. Is starting to not die, but is going down, and TV, TV, TV shows are getting bigger budgets. It's almost, it's almost like they can't both be popular, right? right. And so, at, at right now in this time, I think movies are starting to to work their way back up. Yeah, because we've already left the platinum age of television. I think that's sort of over. Right. Um. But you're right. I think that in the '60s. It was the opposite. They that was their like platinum golden age of television and yeah, um, right. But yeah, uh, and so that was just really interesting that like he would essentially come up with a lot of these. The best way I can describe it is very like avant garde, yeah. commercials. <laughs> yeah, of course you know Asian culture with commercials are very strange. 
to begin with. Yeah. But this director in particular, I would say, has a very unique and distinct style. Uh, I would agree with that, a hundred percent. I, yeah, which is why this movie is bananas. Yeah, crazy because he he's taking his, you know, he's taking his commercial brain, and he's putting it in this feature film length. Yeah, right. And he he claims that he was the first person in a Japanese film to use video, uh, special effects. Yes. Yeah. So I, saw I don't that. know if that's true. He says it's true. That so, would be wild if it is true. Uh, yeah. Someone, someone out there, fact check that for us. Yeah, fact check that for us, and uh, don't tell us. Uh, so we'll just sit here and and wonder. Yeah, uh, but that would be wild. Uh, I mean, and the effects. If I'm being honest, for 1977, the effects are really good. I mean, they're good because I think of the style of the movie. I think if yeah. we were to see this in Rashomon. Or something, oh, yeah. right? Which is a terrible example because I was, you know, twenty-seven years before this. But, but I see what you're saying. If if, if like Kurosawa had done effects yeah. like this, it would be like it's not gonna work. Yeah, like high, here you should have said high and low. Yeah, because the story's too serious. Right. Right, and there is a little effect in high and low, um, but n- nothing to this scale. That, yeah, like that's like insane. Right. Like yeah, using like the the use of you know blue screen. Yeah. <laughs> Some parts are very, like, you can obviously tell right, it's right, 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 blue right. screen. But, like, other parts are really good, like the dismembered bodies, mm-hmm. uh, body parts later in the movie. Yeah, that's not bad. I, you know, again, I think that it's because this is supposed to be a sort of fever dream type, mm-hmm. you know, story and style that we're we're very forgiving of a lot of the campiness of the effects because that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and and I think and I think that's and I think the the campiness adds to some of the more uh, I wouldn't say unsettling parts of the movie, but like it, it just adds. A I would lot. say the most unsettled I was, and this might be just unique to me, uh-huh. uh, is when the ant is sort of spinning around and dancing in the kitchen, and then just goes into the refrigerator. Oh yeah, right, and then comes out. On the wood beam, right on the wood beam, um, and again, sweets or not sweets. Fantasy's the only one who sees it. Yeah, but I, I think that was sort of unsettling because she was in a wheelchair and now she isn't, so that's sort of weird. And then mm-hmm. she did this very odd thing, and then she disappears and then reappears to where only the audience knows where she is. Right? Yeah. I think if that were played any differently, it would have been terrifying. I oh, would have yeah. been really scared of that. Uh, but because it's in this setting and in the style and this movie is so weird and sort of funny in its weirdness mm-hmm. that it's sort of maybe played for laughs a little bit, that part. Maybe. If it had been done differently, I think it would have been absolutely terrifying. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, especially because uh, as we we're kind of talking about off mic, uh, the director and the screenwriter don't consider this movie a horror movie. Right. Uh, even though... If I'm being honest, it kind of is. Yeah, it is. They consider it a ghost fantasy movie because uh, when they were growing up, horror movies weren't a thing. Mm. Um, and so they Maybe cons- It might be a cultural thing as well. Probably. Um, Which we should say later, like, so this is 77, later on down the line, they're going to be, I mean, considered one of the main exports of horror. I mean, Japanese horror mm-hmm. films are oh, yeah. huge, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s. So yeah, uh, this will not last long, this whole, you know, horror sort of new to us, you know, because yeah. then they're just going to... Yeah, because, you know, there's Ringu. Uh, there's Grudge. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the, right, the Japanese for Grudge. There's The Eye. There's, mm-hmm. um, I think, Pulse is one. And then there were some like really weird ones that really didn't make it to America and have the the American treatment like yeah. those did um, that are just off the wall. There's Extreme 3 is one of them. So we had two extremes? Well, no. It's um, there <laughs> – or maybe it's called Three Extremes <laughs> where it's three stories oh. right? and they are just wild. wild. Yeah. Wild, yeah. Um, so would you say that maybe that – house maybe set a precedent for these like it's very possible off I mean, the wall 
Yeah, I mean, especially in how far you can go. Like, I mean, once, let's say if a director saw this, took it, took their story seriously, took out the camp and mm. put in better effects, you have an extreme gore horror film. Yeah. That is terrifying. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah, I mean, you, you could say that it probably sparked a lot of... And especially in Japan, it was huge there. I mean, yeah. critically beloved, this movie. I mean, you would think no, right? Yeah. But no, they love it. And of course, they we love it here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I read that when it when it finally came over here, like audiences here, like were like yes. And really, it was really hard to see until like '09. Yeah. Um, Which is a long time in between. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, Thirty-two years. Yeah. From and its release. That we in America were able to see it. Yeah. And I mean, relatively, you know, it was available to wider audience. I mean, it wasn't like bootlegs or anything like that. Like, it was like had a release in 09. So, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure people have seen it in between those 32 years or whatever. Right. Um, 35 years, however, whatever you said. Um, but, like, it would be like bootlegs, it'd be like VHS bootlegs or like even maybe even 35 millimeter prints or whatever yeah but yeah yeah that uh yeah that's a good thought because yeah i i did read that like over here in america people love it um i mean rightfully so yeah it's like i said last week it's wild every second in the movie is insane so later i'm going to ask you what your favorite effect is so i want you to think about okay. that all right i'll, I'll keep that uh, because keep that i i have mine but i was like i i need you to have time to think about it yeah um okay so i kind of want to talk about how this movie goes off the rails so quickly <laughs> yeah um it starts off pretty strange i mean i think when we say it goes off the rails I think that, let's say you're watching it for the first time. Let's say, remember when you watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as it starts, you're like, this is really weird. You know? Yeah. But once you're done, you're like, oh, that was nothing. Yeah. You know, as compared to, you know, because no one's turned into bananas yet. So, <laughs> you know. so <laughs> Literal bananas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, the first few shots establishing gorgeous and fantasy, it's a little weird. Yeah. Very reminiscent of um, Kabuki theater, mm-hmm. um, but then it's just like, oh, like they're just taking pictures, yeah. you know. Uh, and we have some weird camera movements and some weird camera effects, like with yeah. the the dissolve of gorgeous and fantasy yeah. after they've left the window. Yeah, that happens a few times, and so you're. It's sort of the after image is still there. Yeah, and so you're kind of like. Okay, that's that's a little weird, but then, but then once Gorgeous meets her soon-to-be stepmom, which I should point out, Gorgeous is kind of a selfish brat, as her dad, very blatantly points out, her mother's been dead for eight years. Yeah, it's kind of time to move on. Yeah, and she pretty much is like, no, 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 I'm writing to my aunt who I haven't seen in forever. And then that's when the movie just goes off the rails. Let's talk about the letter to the ant. So they send the letter. She sends the letter to the ant. The ant writes back. And then once they are on their way, which mm-hmm. I've yada yada a lot of weird in between that time. <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll double back and we'll get to it. But um, I loved that... Instead of what we would think is visuals for us, uh-huh. the audience of the backstory of the aunt and you know her story and her mother's story or whatever, mm-hmm. right? They can also see it, the girls. Yeah. Right. They're oh like, yeah, yeah. They can also see the images we're seeing, which is so strange because it's like she's just telling them a story. She's not showing them these yeah. images, and so it's weird that. It sort of breaks that um, that pattern that we're so used to in movies, which is someone tells a story and then it dissolves and then we get to see the story, right? Right. Where that happens, but the the girls are 
react. pointing out things and reacting to images that we're saying. Yeah, like when when she's talking about how like the fiance had to go off to war, and they're like, "Oh no, he got shot." Oh no! Oh, he's so serious, you know. Yeah. Or you know whatever. It, it's just wild, and of course it's very silent film esque, mm-hmm. which I liked, obviously. Um, yeah. Because I like old silent films. Yeah, it's yeah you know, and that and that backstory if I'm being honest, is actually a very key moment to <laughs> the rest of the movie. Yeah. But I would say since having the girls react over it, we, the audience, were just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, it's yeah. just backstory. Right. But when you really think about it, all of everything that Gorgeous just said, it has pretty much everything they need to know what they're about to get into. Yeah. But you're, you're kind of dismissive because... We're also seeing it how the girls are seeing it. Right. Which is sort of this very stylized, um, silent film style, sort mm-hmm. of a, you know, representation of the story, right? Yeah. Which is weird. But, <laughs> but you know, it's no different than, you know, how Wes Anderson, I'll, I'll do a Wes Anderson this way, <laughs> uh, what he did in Grand Budapest, where they have that sort of, that sequence of silent film stuff when... They're escaping the prison and they, oh, they right, get right, out, right. right. Um, so it's no different than that. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm used to stuff like that, but it's still strange. Yeah. And it's still a break from the insanity we just left, which is sort of like this very vibrant, you know, bubblegum sort of commercial-esque mm-hmm. aesthetic, right? Yeah, especially with the, the really cool dissolve to the, the kid's book about the train, and then we see, like, an yes. animatic of yeah, yeah, the yeah. train taking them to the country. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's just so... And then the guys at the train station that are sort of hitting on the girls and whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're a band, by the way. Um, I don't... I'm not familiar with their music, but... Uh, they make it there. That's their cameo appearance. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be funny if that's the band that actually scored the movie? That'd be great. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I mean, just knew they were a band that the, the, the two right. songs that we have for our intro and outro music are done by the same band. Okay, it might be though. It might be those guys. Um, um, but yeah, I don't think I put two and two together on that. If that well, is true, we'll look, we'll put it in post, but we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then. And the strangeness just only continues once they get to the country, like meeting the watermelon salesman. Yeah, that was strange. Who pretty, as in like most horror movies now, like modern horror movies, pretty much warns them like, hey, don't go up there. Yeah, he's sort of that Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre type old guy who runs the convenience store the gas station that just so conveniently happens to be right where they're going and knows exactly what's going on and that they shouldn't go right it's it's that trope the, that's the only thing uh shout out to the cabin in the woods it's the only thing in the cabin in the woods that i actually really liked because i don't like that movie that's insane that you don't like that movie but i understand that it's a very meta movie and yeah. i get it and sure shout out to joss wheaton for writing a very meta yeah a horror movie even though he's a monster but that that part was the only part I really liked because like it like was blatantly obvious like hey like yeah we'll just have the the weird guy there that yeah. warns our heroes like hey don't don't go up there don't, don't do it uh, and that's what this watermelon guy was like yeah. yeah even though he is way weirder than anyone <laughs> else like ha- like specifically waiting behind and maybe I'm overthinking it, but specifically waiting behind a watermelon for someone to take in his head's just right there. Yeah. Uh, but it's very... Which sort of um, foreshadows what happens to uh, Mac. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I think Mac's the one who grabs the watermelon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think Mac is the one. Because she's... Yeah, Mac is just all about that watermelon. She's all about eating. She's all about eating food. Yeah. I'm very um, hungry right now, so I, I, I agree. As am I. Um, so let me ask you this. Okay, a- ask me. Ask me your question. When it's all said and done, mm-hmm. the the ant is dead. Correct. Correct. Okay, and she is possessing gorgeous, or the house is possessing gorgeous, um, because when you know what? Pause. We'll get there. Uh, because <laughs> I was just curious. 
because I was started thinking about it because we're about to meet the ant uh, yes. in our in our rundown. Yeah, we meet the ant who is um, I don't know the actress's name, but she's the only veteran actress in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one else was, and I, I knew that they were like models, and you know they had done. I th- you know, print ads, I think. I don't think they were one of his commercial actors or anything like that. I th- well, and I think, I want to say the actress who played Gorgeous that I read, that she had done, like, one other movie before this. Mm-hmm. So she kind of But knew, no one else. And but you I can knew, like, tell. no one else. Knew. Yeah, but you can kind of tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, yeah. Even in uh, in a Japanese film, you can tell uh, an amateur It actor. does play a lot like, um, sort of like theater that you know mm-hmm. they're sort of they're playing to the back row yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because i because i had thought about that and if of course if i were writing notes i would have wrote it down uh <laughs> that they that yes they're they're new at this mm-hmm. right they're amateur actors um but you know they're they're overacting so much that they almost get the the tone of the movie they sort of understand that this movie is going to be outrageous and right. so we need to act accordingly, right? Right. Yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah, because there are certain parts where the acting is really over the top. Mm-hmm. Especially in the first kind of few scenes before, like, the house really starts to eat the girls. You yeah. know, like when, the, when, like when bits of the chandelier fall, uh, you know, everyone's just like... <gasps> Like, very, like... Right. Oh, my God! I think, you know, the most outrageous the acting gets... Maybe Kung Fu? I think just because her character's weird, because all she... Well, and, like, her character is, she knows Kung Fu. That's her character, which I love. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and, and she's the one who reacts like that to the bits of the chandelier falling. That's true. Uh, which that sequence of shots is so crazy. Yeah. Because there's like, so many cuts. As she's like karate chopping like all of them away and stuff like that. Yeah. It's... Yeah. There's so many cuts and there's so Whatever. We'll get there. So. <laughs> okay. I, let's talk about the deaths. All right. Because okay. I think, you know, if we, if we start talking about what happens in between all of that, it's just too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so much yeah. and, that uh, happens in this movie. And a lot of it is just kind of nonsense. Yeah, it really is. Which is a testament to asking your 10-year-old daughter what should happen next. Okay, I'll write it down. Yeah, which is exactly... Which is how the movie is written. Uh, because the, the, the director asked his, at the time, 10-year-old daughter, like, hey, like, what would make an interesting movie like Jaws? Because Jaws was a big movie at the time. And yeah. so uh, so his daughter's like, well, you know, it'd be really interesting if, like... Because she was, uh, he said he w- she was brushing her hair. And she was like, you know, it'd be really interesting if my reflection attacked me. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. And then, like, later on, he's like, you know, what would happen next? And she's like, well, like, when I stayed with Grandma at the country, like, I didn't like the grandfather clock. I thought it was going to eat me. And he's like... All right, put it in. Another thing that's going to eat you. Okay. All right, okay. All right, what next? I'm like, oh, well, the, the futon mattresses are really heavy, and I was worried that they were going to swallow me. Okay. Okay, the, the piano, the chandelier, the, you know. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's... Um, this is unreal, man. Well, and what's funny is uh, I would say dad of the year there. Your daughter tells you at least five or six times, like, I'm worried this is going to eat me. And instead of being like, you need therapy. He's like, all right, well, we're going to turn your fears into a movie. Yeah. Uh, success. Because yeah. all of those things happen. It's all outrageous. It's all insane. You know, I what? I don't remember if we see Mac die. We don't. Hers no, is okay, the only one off screen. Yeah, because it was the reveal that it's not the watermelon yeah, fantasy head, pulls right? up. Yeah, and of course it's fantasy, and you know she's yeah. a <laughs> Mac, her head, the well, right? <laughs> she's almost like laughing, like what? You know what is it, boy? What is it, boy? So which anyway, the old far- the old prospector stuck in the well. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I said I need a pack of menthols. Right. Oh. oh. Well, it's the forties. We don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that. Um. But- yeah, because because the because they just finished like I think uh, lunch or dinner, right? And Max like, I'm ready for that watermelon. Is it to keep it cold? 
Yes. Is why it's in the well. <clears throat> yes. I learned that from the, the documentaries because. Is that a cultural thing? Because I, you know, it's smart. Yeah, because uh, the director's daughter uh, at her grandparents' house in the country, they didn't have a fridge. Uh. So to cool the watermelon down, they had they stuck it in the well. <clears throat> Uh, I do believe it's a cultural thing. Well, I mean, that's not only a cultural thing, but it's a generational thing as well, I think. Yeah. Because, you know, the, a grandparent of a 10-year-old in 77... Would... Yeah, they, when they were a kid, it would be like... Early 1900s. Yeah. So, that makes sense. Uh, so, <laughs> depending on how old the grandparents are. But, yeah, but then but they also established that the, the fridge at the aunt's house is broken. So, they have to... Yeah. Yeah, it's... And which is a great sort of a, don't open that. It's broken. You're right. It's, it's broken. Which is like, what's in there? You know? Yeah. It's it's like the the Patrick Bateman, like, oh, let me get some yogurt from my fridge. And there's a head in there. Right. Exactly. So it's... it's <clears throat> kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah. So Mac is the first to die of the seven, uh, which apparently is a reference to Seven Samurai. Um, well, well, he said that was just one of the many examples because he said that seven just felt like a strong number, mm-hmm. but he mainly mentioned Seven Samurai. Kurosawa runs deep in Japan. Oh yeah, and we will do a Kurosawa movie, maybe not this season or maybe this. Who knows? Who knows? It'll be your pick. Yeah, but uh, I mean, we did Rashomon last time. Oh, that's right. But we will do Seven Samurai. Later yeah. On. But anyway, but yeah. So Mac is the first to die, and and she dies off screen. Yeah. Um, which. I find really interesting that mm-hmm. she's the one who dies off screen because we see the rest of the girls die. Yeah, and I think it's only because we need the reveal of her head being pulled out of the and not being and not expecting it, right? Right. We don't want the audience to be in on this one. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everybody to be surprised by her head is attached instead of the watermelon. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, uh, yeah. the head is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> right. And can levitate and which. By the way, my second favorite um, effect oh, is, is is the <laughs> the, the levitating head. head going up and like, down, like following fantasy. Yeah. Love it, absolutely and, love it. And then adding to the strangeness, uh, the lev- Max levitating head uh, bites fantasy on the ass. Yep, uh, very strange. Why? Who knows? You can't ask the director now. So, so now I'll ask you this. Now that we've established they're all going to die, mm-hmm. and Max was done off screen, what was your favorite death scene? Mine is obviously the piano. <laughs> uh, that's, that is definitely a, a high one for me. Yeah. Because the effects are so good, and it's just... Like, it's just wild. It's just wild. Yeah. <laughs> that she gets eat by a fucking piano. <laughs> um, for a while. Like, that scene lasts a while. Yeah, it's not just like, oh, she's eating Oka. Like, no, she's like, like trying to call for help through the piano cables. Ooh, and that one was, I think, that one got to me more than anything else was her, like, reaching out through the piano wire. Yeah. Right? I was like, ugh. You know, that made me uncomfortable, but um, everything else was just silly. I would say maybe, maybe Kung Fu's. Okay. Because hers is the most psychedelic out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hers is, yeah. And then her fucking dismembered yeah. legs. Yeah, her legs still finish the job, which I'm like, respect. <laughs> you know, like, she's not uh, going to give up. Game, respect, game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but hers is the most psychedelic. And, and, and I think the reason why I like hers, too, is because we get more of an idea of how many girls have died at this house. Right. You know, when her head's kind of floating in the sea of, in the, in the, Blue painting. Yes, 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 it, yes. It feels like maybe that's how many souls have yeah, that died makes sense. Uh, at this house. But a very popular, iconic image from the movie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you see it everywhere. Like, if you just type in house 1977, mm. that's like one of the first things. Yeah, uh, when we had Alex pull it up on HBO Max. That's uh, the that's, image on HBO Max, too. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to our buddy Alex. Yeah, and HBO Max. Why not both? I guess. I love HBO Max. I mean, they're great. Uh... That's a different story. Different, different story. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. So I would say it's it's because, but I don't know, man. Melody getting eaten by the piano. Yeah, it's awesome. 
It's awesome. Because it starts... Because we already get a hint about there's something off about that piano. Yeah. And then it just fucking eats her fingers. Great effect. When she's Great like... Effect. Huh. Like, she's not phased by the fact that she's missing, like... Right. Like, fingers. Like that. Yeah. And then it just fucking eats her. And then it eats her. It's, um, it's gone. Yeah. She's gone. <laughs> Which, I mean... It's completely outrageous. Yeah. Right? How she gets eaten by the piano. But yeah, I would say... I would say those two okay. uh, are, yeah, yeah. are tied because no, Kung Fu's is pretty nuts. Just because you're right, it's it's the it's the most far out groovy one. Yeah, yeah because with all the colors. And stuff. Yeah, because she's not only being eaten by a lamp, but it's almost electrocuting her simultaneously. Yeah, uh, I would say the most heartbreaking is Sweets. You think so? With because, the mattresses? Because well, because they don't know where she's at. Right. And then they find her in the grandfather clock, like yeah. almost frozen, and then just blood. Right. It's coming down. Right, right, right. I would say that's the most heartbreaking because you're okay. just like, oh no. Oh no. Well, because that's how they're kind of reacting because they're, they're just speechless. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, and another... So since we're on the topic of the girls are dying, yeah. um, what happens to Gorgeous is also now kind of become a staple in horror where you know the instant when she's looking through the ant's stuff and the makeup and she tries the makeup on... You know, the minute she tries to make up on, the house has got her. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you, because the first time I saw it, the minute she's putting on the lipstick, I'm like, and this brings me to my favorite effect, which is the sort of glass breaking her face, Mm -hmm. right? And like chunks are coming off of her face. Uh, It's very uh, reminiscent of, well, for me, because I've seen them in this order, uh, but it would be the opposite. Um, Poltergeist would be reminiscent of this when he starts peeling off his face in the mirror in Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, it's just like her face is made of glass and then pieces of glass are falling off her face. Yeah, that, that, that effect is so I cool. Love, that was my favorite effect. So start keep thinking about yours. Okay. It, it might be the piano stuff, which you loved. Potentially, yeah. Um, but that one is mine. I, I really liked the way that looked. And then eventually it kind of got a little too much, but the, if it had just been her face... That would have been really rad. I would have really enjoyed. Oh, it. so you didn't like when like when it was the her whole pe- body when yeah, and then it's like her body's like fire. Yeah, I mean that was all right. I, I you know, I just loved the the face. That was cool. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, man, it, the first time seeing, it, I was like, house has got her now. House like, has got her. Like because and it's almost interesting that gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous does die, but not violently. She it's almost she. She dies. She dies by getting possessed. Right, like the house is gently takes her, mm-hmm. right, and uses her as a vessel. Right. Yeah, and I think it's because of of her aunt yeah. that her aunt died in the house. Yeah. And blood related. Yeah, Makes sense. maybe. Um, yeah, because as, as all the other girls uh, die violently, <laughs> yeah. um, I would say the less violent death is Prof. Even though she, I'm pretty sure she drowns. Well, she dissolves. That's it. <laughs> yeah, she does. Like she dissolves in the blood, which is you know the. So I mean, people are listening. Like, what the fuck kind of movie are they talking about? When the when the floor breaks apart and it's just they're floating. Yeah, in the uh, sea of blood, yeah. the, the the cat's picture has spewed out. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> sort of. Where can you go from there? That's how you know the movie's about to be over. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, this is... We're at the peak of... This is the most outrageous thing. Uh, well, and then until the very next scene of Mr. Togo getting turned into bananas. I forgot about Mr. Togo. Okay, so all of his scenes are very... Weird, uh, but very funny. You know, like yeah, they're, they're, they're very slapsticky. Yeah, like when he falls in the bucket, and he's like, "Oh!" Like when it does like the 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 kind of like the single cuts, and he's like, "Oh!" Like and he spins around in a circle and fought like. Yeah, it has a specific name that's sort of uh, it's stop motion with humans. Yeah, right. Like with actual living people, uh, it it has a name, and uh, I learned it because I saw Tetsuo, uh, the Iron Man, um, which that movie's full of that. Um, another insane Japanese film. Yeah, uh, that was from 1989. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you know he's trying to find the house, uh, because fantasy is in love with him. Fantasy's in love with him. 
even though he is not very handsome. Nope. Because because you know we get this full description of how handsome he is, and I'm thinking like, wow, this, this motherfucker is probably handsome. Yeah. Nah. Nope. Nah. Oh, you mean that goofball? You mean that guy? That guy? That guy? But okay, um, fantasy, you know what? Whatever floats your boat. Whatever is your fantasy, you go for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not here to judge. Uh, but I am. And I I'm mean, is, uh, is she going to still be into him now that he's bananas? I guess. I liked that the banana's still wearing the hat. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how we know he turned into bananas. But the stepmom doesn't even like... He's like, whatever. Like, oh, bananas in a car shaped like a man. Yeah. Okay. Wearing a hat. Fun. You know? Yeah. Fun way to sell bananas. Yeah. And somehow not liking watermelons kills the the watermelon salesman. Mm-hmm. Do you like watermelons? No. Well, what do you like? I like bananas. And that kills him. Yeah. Again, it makes no sense. I would say... <laughs> Before we get kind of back into the movie, I would say this is probably the strangest. Actually, I wouldn't say, yeah, no, yeah. Is it the strangest movie you've ever seen? I, well, no, no, no. Uh, well, strangest for the season. Like, I feel like uh, I should save this one maybe because of how strange it is. Zach said something very similar about, you know, you picked the best movie to open with, which is irreversible. Like, you picked the most outrageous yet serious movie you could have made. And then I followed that up with uh, pretty much a hour and a half episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Scooby-Doo, if Scooby-Doo took acid, which they probably did anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, Shaggy, dude, Shaggy was blazing every day. I mean, Shaggy blazing that kush, but I mean, is he like, you know, like he's he's smoking that loud. But I mean, that's why he's got to eat those Scooby snacks. I know. That's why and he eats dog food. But... Well, but they I mean, all have to be blazing because if they all think Scooby can talk. But are they dropping? Are they dropping acid? Are they? Are they getting wet? You know, <laughs> are they on angel dust? So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's the sick. It was the sixties. Yeah, they were probably doing. Dude, Hanna Barbera, bro. They're like, check this out. My new favorite slang is smoking loud. That lets you know it's good. You know, it's loud, which <laughs> I love. Um, can we just? All right, everyone, just let's stop. It's not going to get better than that. Let's just, that's the last, that's the last one. That's the last one for slang for good weed. Oh, loud. Is loud. There's a bit I really like where it's like, hey, I, I got that loud. You, 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 you want to, you want to try some? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. That's probably really loud. Uh, but yeah, get it because it's loud. I hate it. Yeah, I hated nah. that. Uh, okay. <laughs> so yes, I got it. Back to the, the acid trip of a movie that right, I picked. Right, we were talking about. Um, which, again, as I was talking about off mic, uh, way to follow up your very serious can, movie. Can I also admit something to you? Yes. Is that I had watched it before. Uh-huh. But. But. I didn't even make it to the house. Really? Because I, I think I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Uh, and I, I, I probably popped it in before I went to bed. And, uh, yeah, and so you're probably like, tired and you're like, what the fuck? I was like, I can't. I can't do this right now. And so, I have technically, this is my first viewing. I, so. Um, I know this is your second viewing. But. Yeah. So, I I had, uh, I'd asked you about it, because I'd seen the Criterion uh, cover art, which I'll just, like, kind of throw, maybe, like, like whip past really quickly. Ooh, cover art. Criterion. Um, and I was asking you about it, and I was like, hey, you know, what's that, what's that movie? Like, the, the Criterion, like, the wolf is on the cover, and you're like house and I was like is that it and I look it up and yeah that was it and all I did was read the description and I'm like I was like what the fuck is this I movie I do not envy the person who works for Criterion that had, had to write up, that description come up with a description yeah uh, and I love that they even say like it's an episode of Scooby Doo yeah uh, because it because there's a lot of moments that are very reminiscent of Scooby Doo yeah 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 like when uh, when Kung Fu fights the mummy and she kicks the mummy through the wall, and there's a perfect outline of the mummy through the wall. Unreal. Uh, it's but, so good. But yeah, just reading the description, I was like, I have to watch this movie now. Yeah. Like, I have to. And I loved it. Uh, still do. Like, I tried to get Ashley to watch it with me, with me. I was like, please, please watch this movie with me. And she was like, no, I'm not really into foreign movies. Plus, that's really weird. I'm like... You don't even... I was like, you weren't even watching it the first time I was ever watching it. Just, yeah. Yeah, but I skimmed it. I'm like, that's not enough, though. That's not the same. It's not the same. No. Um, okay. 
So I think I have an answer for you for best effect. For best effect, okay. Okay, so you already told me yours with the, the glass breaking. I would probably say it is the... Uh, um, It's a tie between the piano. Okay. Like, how they did it was wild. Right. Like, right, how right, the piano right. fucking eats melody. Yeah. It's either that or... Um, I'm trying to think of it. I had it. I had it, and then going off on that tangent <laughs> loud. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and silence. No, no, no. I mean, let but, me try to, I can try to guess what your favorite effect is. Um, I, I don't know if you liked this the severed head stuff um, well, with with Mac. You know, also, that was really good. I also really liked the final shot. Okay, uh, I know what you mean. Where Gorgeous shakes her soon to be stepmother's hand, and her head catches on fire. Yeah, I fucking loved that. Yeah, that was that was cool. Um, because the combination of her scar, her sash blowing in the wind, and then. Mm-hmm. The, the fire overlay over her head. It just, it was really good. Yeah. Um, so I, I have this on my leg because I thought I knew what I wanted to do next week. And uh-huh. I'm going to save it. So I'm going to okay. do something else. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, I was like what, like, what else haven't we talked about? Oh, and pff, half the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, this, and this just came to me. Uh, we haven't talked about Blanche. No, the cat. Um, who is in itself uh, almost like a like an extension of the ant? Yes, and by transitive properties, the house, right? Yeah. So I think that it's almost it, it's the the movie almost makes it seem like the cat chooses the victim when someone dies. Yeah, because then you know the, the eyes will glow the the green, mm-hmm. right, and then. They're doomed, right? And, of course, later, Gorgeous will do that with her eyes. Yeah. Um, Then that's how you really know the house is gone. Right, right. She is a part of the house. She is the... I kind of saw that as she is the new caretaker of the house. Oh, so... Okay. So we're thinking it's sort of like an overlook sort of situation. Okay. That she is now the person who lures people in. Um, because I guess we'll, we'll touch on the ending because when the stepmom comes, the house is fixed up. Right. As where we just saw it with the aunt, it's very, you know, it was you know, cobwebs everywhere. It's dilapidated. Dilapidated. But now it's fresh coat of paint. The cobwebs are all gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's and, like, it, you know, it, it looks newer, right? Or at least clean. And it's and and I kind of saw that as now that gorgeous is a part of the house, she's younger, and I guess now with what you said about her and the aunt being blood related, mm-hmm. now she she runs the house. Right. Maybe. I mean, maybe. And it will now be the person to trap other people in the house. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I and I love the line that she tells her her stepmom. Because her stepmom's like, where's your friends? And she's like, oh, they're sleeping right now. But when they wake up, they'll be hungry. And I'm just like, oh, shit. It was a great line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and again, it's really campy and it's really, you know, it's heavy handed and mm-hmm. it's perfect for the movie. It's it's a it's a perfect end cap. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah man. It's, it, this movie is. Even the end credits are so weird. Yeah. You know, yeah, of yeah, of of a how like of each girl, like starring and then just like, and then even after after the, the actor sequence, you get that that still, uh, painting of the what my favorite image from like the posters and like like that from the house and then the big red bulbous like, like tongue, tongue yeah almost yeah. and the the credits roll into the tongue and then they pop out of the chimney. Uh, they'll be like almost like you crumple up a piece of paper right and it just pops out of the chimney and rolls away if I'm being Uh, honest I never made it that far oh you didn't make it that far (laughs) Um, yeah Um, I mean it's just wild you know like uh, everything else about this movie before we before we 
do our wrap up, wrap up, yeah, wrap up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. talk about the title itself. House. House. Because unlike most Japanese films, it wasn't translated. Yeah. That was the name the director wanted to call it, which, as he said in the documentary, uh, calling a Japanese film by an, uh, an English title was very taboo mm-hmm. in those times, but he was very adamant that the movie's called House. Yeah, and that's the even the opening title sequence is very reminiscent to me of like Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. like with the lips and with the teeth and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I knew you would appreciate. Yeah, um, love Rocky Horror. Right, and I and I really liked the the opening, sort of animated sequence of like it, like it has a mouth and it's eating things. And then it's an eye. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, that really could that. You know, we were, we were talking about how the first kind of five, six minutes of the movie are fairly mundane, but the opening sequence kind of sets you it's up. It's like, oh, that was odd. Yeah, yeah. Especially with the yeah. low, almost demonic voice. How? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you think it's going to be more like production company. Because with the, the perfect symmetrical blue line coming and making the box. Oh, right. And then... Nope. Nope. That's our title. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I I thought that was so cool that he really pushed for like no like I this is called house like yeah. it's not we're not going to translate it it's house mm-hmm. even though if you read about it you know it'll show the actual like Japanese for oh, house yeah. which is houseu yeah I think I'm pronouncing that right houseu yeah houseu. Um, but the film is house. house. And I think that's just, I don't know, I, I think that's super rad. No, you like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. Uh, this movie is Cuckoo Bananas. Uh, no pun intended. R.I.P. to Mr. Togo. R.I.P. Um, I really enjoy it. It'll be a while before I watch it again, but I'll watch it again. Oh yeah, there's uh, no doubt uh, that I'll just pop it on and just have it in the background. You gotta, like, and you gotta have, because I will, I will keep trying to see if Ashley will watch it, uh, and you, you got, you got to see if Haley. I don't will know watch if she it. will. She watched a little bit of it. She was there, and uh, she was just like in the room. What are you but, watching? Yeah, she would every once in a while she'd look up and be like, "Wait, so she's like possessed?" I was like, "Kind of, kind of." But well, not every really. time she would ask a question, my answer would have to be, "It's kind of like that," kinda. because. You'll never get it, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I did just remember, and oops, I forgot. Oops, I forgot. So, oops, I forgot. Uh, the So, you know, the film was very much inspired by the director's daughter, but he added in the element of the fiancé going off to war mm-hmm. and not coming back. Okay. Because he said, you know, yes, it's kind of ridiculous that the house eats girls, but if there's not a reason behind it, then it's just ridiculous. And so he added that in because he grew up in Hiroshima. Okay. And he lost childhood friends to World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so it had, you know, it had a lot of World War II vibes with that element. Would I say that element applies to everything else in the movie? Maybe not, but I had heard someone say once about the movie that it's post, like, Hiroshima kind of mindset. Okay. Uh, You know, I think I've also, because I, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, as I've mentioned several times, is Enter the Void, and they did an episode on House. Uh Uh-huh. And they had mentioned the World War II... You don't want to say theory, but, you know, World War II explanation. Right. Right. Or overlay that it's sort of like, you know, what it's like to lose friends, Mm -hmm. what it's like to lose control, what it's like to not, you know, be in control of your surroundings, what I meant by that. And, you know, what it's like to sort of be living in that time and what it this is kind of what it feels like, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in Japan during World War II and especially oh, yeah. in uh, Hiroshima or Hiroshima, however you want to pronounce it, uh, during World War II. Oh, um, yeah. That makes sense to me. I think 
I don't know if I want to paint the whole movie with that brush. I wouldn't either. I, I think that, you know, what what we get might be it, which is yeah. that little, you know, let's add in some World War II stuff in here, but it's not going to be the whole thing. I know. I agree. I think I think he wanted to add a little bit to pay homage to, you know, this is where I came from. Because I do agree that if if it, it, if there there was no reason behind it, the movie would have just been it, ridiculous. Yeah, it's just dumb. You know, as where the reason is, the aunt was waiting on her fiance to come home from the war because he promised he would, mm-hmm. and she died, and her spirit became angry and took over the house. Then that the explanation makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to because I'd forgotten all about that. Uh, to watch it again with, with you know World War Two coated glasses on. Um, you gotta but, you gotta go buy a pair and yeah. then let them possess you. Right, right, right. Like it, to see it in through that lens, it might be it might be an interesting watch, and it may you know, I, I don't know. It gives context, but I don't know if I want, I don't know if I want it to be like that. No, I, it would be interesting, um, if that were the intent. Mm-hmm. You know, the entire thing is a is a sort of representation of post World War Two Hiroshima. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think. I don't. Know. I, I don't know if that's what the director would was wanting. Yeah. It could be. It could be exactly what he was wanting, and he was like, "It's just taken years for people to figure that out." But I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Because as far as I know, he just wanted to make an interesting movie like Jaws. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That was a cool wrap-up. Cool wrap-up. Wrap-up, 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 wrap-up. Wrap-up, wrap-up. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. How are we continuing this the strangeness? So, originally, and I want people just to be aware that this will come up this season. Okay. Because originally it was going to be Synecdoche, New York. And that's going to take a lot of time to prepare for. Okay. Uh, I love Charlie Kaufman to death. We do in every season. Yeah. And so this will be no different. Uh, Synecdoche, New York will be happening this season. I didn't want to... I, I realized during this, I was like, I don't want to do it that soon. Yeah. So I'm going to pick one that coincidentally also came out in 1977. First off, so did Star Wars. And so I wanted people to know that... See the difference between the special effects. Um... So, <laughs> you got you got George Lucas money, and you got you know uh, these you know indie Japanese film money. Yeah, uh, what you get. But I wanted to do a David Lynch film this this season, oh, okay. and I've already said 1977, and I've already said David Lynch. So we both know it's a Racerhead. Nice. Uh, so we're gonna do a Racerhead next week. Um, I'm a huge fan of this. This is his first feature film. Um, I would also recommend if you guys have the criterion, and I know you do. Hell yeah. I recommend yeah. also watching the short films he has on there. Oh, okay. Because uh, I think the styles will mesh and you'll sort of get something out of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean it won't it won't solve the puzzle for you, but it'll at least give you a sort of idea. And before or after, doesn't matter. Uh, um, oh yeah, I was just about to ask like, should I watch them before or should before I watch them? Before after, doesn't matter. I, I just think that, you know, if you watch it before, it'll prepare you for a race red sort of. And if you watch it after, it'll just be like, oh. Um, like, that's where he gets the sort of aesthetic. Is right. He's he's bringing a lot of his short film stuff, which is a lot of multimedia stuff. If you saw David Lynch, The Art Life, which is also on the Criterion Collection. Which I also have. Um, you get to see, like, sort of his art aesthetic, like what he likes to do when he makes something. Mm-hmm. Like when he makes a piece of art, it's always paint with paper mache, with clay, with metal, you know, uh, you know, with metal and with it's uh-huh. all and but it all comes together for one art piece, um, which kind of explains David Lynch. <laughs> so uh, as being one of his disciples, uh, I love David Lynch so much. We're going to talk about a race right next week, and I think you're really going to like it. Tight. Yeah, I've been I've been meaning to meaning to watch it. Yeah. Because uh, I've been meaning to go through all my Criterion movies, but every time I get a new one, I have to restart. Oh right. And go back because I start from year. Uh huh. So I have to go back and start again. And so like you know, I just got 
the circus. Yeah. So I have to restart again and go the circus and then bitter rice. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, well, we hope everyone enjoyed uh, us discussing house. Um, I don't know if I can top. I don't know if I can top that. And I'm not expecting sh- you to. Okay, I man. actually, you know, I kind of expect you to do it every once in a while. And yeah. so you can just pick whatever movie you want. I'm I'm handcuffing myself to a genre or a, to a concept. A concept. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to. I, I just think it's fun for me for, to do this. And these are movies that I love, which are strange, avant-garde, sort of yeah. off-the-beaten path. So Yeah. So we hope everyone enjoyed House. And we'll see you next week for Eraserhead. Hitomede